0: Hi everyone, Michelle Ferreri here, Member of Parliament for Peterborough Kawartha and excited to bring you another episode of People before politics. Now, the idea behind this show was to really introduce you to the people I get to work with every day, but also to remind Canadians of the people who who serve every day as elected officials. Sometimes we forget about the human aspect of these people who and, and their life before politics, of what shaped them to be who they are today. And in particular, obviously, being a Conservative, what sort of backgrounds my colleagues have, because everyone has a story, um, that sort of shaped their conservative values and ideology. So I really like I really like this segment. I've really enjoyed it. If you've missed any of them, um, they are on uh, podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, People Before Politics. Michelle Freire, you can search them, share them away. I think it's really great for us to get to know the people before politics. So very excited today to introduce you to Rose Marie Falk, uh, Member of Parliament for Battleford's Lloyd Minister. Yeah, that's that's correct. In Saskatchewan. Yes. And it's like minus 72 right now. It's very, very, very
1: (laughs) cold there, yes. Yeah. It's freezing. Yesterday was minus 47. I was actually
0: kidding when I said that (laughs) coldness. (laughs) It's
1: that cold. That's terrible. Today is supposed to be warmer, but.
0: Today, it's only minus 41. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. Um, actually, we also have a guest in, in the studio today, and we hopefully will do a little interview that we will share later, but one of Rosemary's children, you have four children, mm-hmm, yes. and your oldest daughter, Annabelle, is sort of watching from the sidelines. So uh, if you hear any little chatter, it, it could be Anna, maybe cheering or clapping, maybe, yeah, she's clapping No, She's just taking it all in. There she goes. <laughs> there she goes. It's like a very quiet clap. So, Rosemary, you got elected, actually, you're coming up December 11th you mm-hmm. were elected? Yes, uh, in 20- 2017. Yes, yes. Well, you're good. Was it a by-election? It was, yes. So that's that's coming up on a good stint. So you've been here a while. Four. Uh, that's that's fair, yeah. You have, well, com- compared to me, right? I've only been <laughs> here for a year. But you have four children. Mm-hmm. Your youngest was just born in April. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. And my third was born uh, summer 2019, before the 2019 election. So she was three months when we were door knocking. That's Is that right, three months, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have
0: a support system around you to be able to do that?
1: Yeah, you know, the the term it takes a village Mm -hmm. is a real legit term, right? And it doesn't matter what that village looks like. It could be parents, grandparents, um, aunts, uncles, church, uh, neighbors, like it's a village.
0: Did you always want a big family like that? Did you always know no, you wanted? I,
1: well, okay. So my heart's desire was always to have four. Um, my first one <laughs> was really hard. Just with like... I, like, And looking back now, what I know now, because it's so much easier. Don't you once wish to, you could right, get in
0: a DeLorean right. and tell your first mom self <laughs> right. things? It's true. Like, just chill. It's just true. don't worry about yeah.
1: it. So I think there was a lot of that that made it hard. Like, I think she was colicky and just tough sleeper like there was a lot and then so um, then William came along and he was a way better sleeper but then Victoria came along and she was like you didn't need to rock her. You didn't need to feed her before bed you just laid her down and she'd go to sleep like I was like wow these are the unicorns that people talk about.
0: <laughs> right? And then came little baby Eloise.
1: Yeah. Who's, who's, she's doing pretty good. She's about the same. She That's, just goes with the flow but I think that also comes with being in a bigger family. I've right? always
0: said this my one girlfriend has one child and she used to say to me I don't know how you do it with three and I said, it gets easier because they take care of each other mm-hmm. and I always said one child actually sometimes is, is harder because you become their dependent yeah. or playmate yeah. or any of those things and so I think when you have more kids it's, it's harder up front um, but then I think it's actually easier yeah. in the long mm-hmm. run. For sure. So you did social work Mm -hmm. before this yeah so
1: I have an interesting kind of before um when I graduated from high school um my father very much wanted me to take power engineering um I get it I get why you to take what kind of engineering power engineering so power engineering yeah so it's um basically generating power whether that's through boilers turbines um you know generating heat steam that type of thing so yeah okay I did it didn't like it (laughs) Didn't like it, Um, but I met my husband. That's how I met my husband because he's a power engineer. Um, And then, you know, I ended up—believe it or not—I did aesthetics.
0: I do believe that. You do. You're always well put together. You've always got beautiful nails. You 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 always look lovely.
1: And I um, I actually worked for a short while in Lake Louise at like a resort. Yeah, doing that there, which was really great. So I I had this this weird experience. Um, At the time, it would have been 08 when we had the financial crash, Mm -hmm. that type of thing, and my work was impacted. And so it's interesting looking back in hindsight, and it's like, oh, wow, um, politics touches you everywhere, right? In any profession, it doesn't matter. So then I ended up coming, um, I went back home, and um, I ended up getting a temp job, believe it or not, at a law firm. And we, I was doing mostly family law assisting in that manner and I had seen everything. Um, Just being the assistant to lawyers doing this very hard work and then I got the the idea of, well can I somehow help people before they get to this This, point, Yes. right? And so uh, the community that I live in, they actually had a uh, social work program. So I ended, I was working part-time I had, so I was working part-time, ended up having Annabelle, actually second-year university. So I was working part-time, then I would work full-time because I was doing full-time classes. So I'd pick up in the summer and do all this crazy stuff. And the great uh, program that I was in uh, through the University of Calgary uh, was for rural, remote um, and Indigenous communities. Hmm. So if you were in one of these communities, you could do an online program for the rest of your degree for the two years. So because I'm in a rural uh, setting um, and, and I was accepted, I went through the process, I was able to do online learning before online learning was a thing. Oh, wow. Which was kind of cool. Um, and then I ended up having some, most of my experience uh, at a, in a hospital setting, so medical social work. I witnessed a lot of things there um, with bu- uh, bureaucracy, red tape, um, a lot of maybe burnout, maybe that's mm-hmm. the nice word, of just kind of everybody in the social work system. Vicarious trauma. Sure. And, um, and then I ended up getting involved in, not even involved, I'm not even going to say involved, I'm just going to say interested in politics uh, because of what was being debated at the time. So I've only really been paying attention since 2015. Hmm. And so it was interesting, actually, with all this made stuff because it was um, uh, physician assistance, medical assistance. No, in dying, yep, medical, that's no, 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 no. Before um, physician assisted suicide oh, that. is what it was before okay, yes. they switched it to made, the, the terminology. Yes. Um, and being in a medical setting and seeing and witnessing and being a part of group therapy, family therapy, like we did everything. We did everything. Um, I had seen how... You know, physician-assisted suicide, in my opinion, from my experience, robs families from the opportunity of reconciliation at end of life.
0: Hmm.
1: End of life is a really hard time. It's, it's, it's really hard. Um, I mean, I went through it. I lost my mom in 2020. Um, she was in palliative care. And it's it's really hard, and I don't want to um, dismiss that. Um, it's emotionally hard. It's physically hard. It's very taxing on family. But I have I have been a part, and I have seen siblings that haven't spoken to each other for years and they get the call that that, you know it's their parents one of their parents last days um and they come together and you know having um, a therapist being able to just facilitate a conversation and have people leave talking to each other again Mm. like so i had experienced this side and then at the time um that was one of the election issues in 2015. um And then I kind of got involved and then I had no idea that you could have a party membership, that you could get on a board because for 27 years of my life, nobody had ever offered me a membership. So I had no idea that we had the ability as just regular everyday people, which is what we are, um, be on a board be able to influence convention have you know for policy ideas like I had no idea that's a great segue
0: to tell people at home right now because I think actually politics has become immersed to people like I hear this every day as I'm sure you do people who've never paid attention to politics Mm -hmm. before in their Mm -hmm. life are are paying attention because their Mm -hmm. lives are being so impacted you know today when we're recording this the interest rates went up yet again, right? And so I feel like people are, and so I always say to people wherever you sit, wherever you sit politically on the spectrum, get involved, because if you don't know, and I think that's a really great point that you brought up, you didn't know, Mm -hmm. there's an EDA locally in your, in your, wherever you live, right? Whether it's liberal, conservative, join conservative, that's what we'll tell you to do, Mm -hmm. but for real, like, and you can become involved, you can get a membership and, and be a part of what you want, but why did you choose conservative then if you sort of had oh this been is
1: this is me like I, I and I'm not gonna say this to be controversial <laughs> so but I mean by default this is the only party I can be in because I'm pro-life I'm not allowed to be in the Liberal Party I'm not allowed to be in the New Democratic Party because I am pro-life so this is really the only party that I can be me <laughs> <laughs> and
0: so and, and what I find interesting for people, and we didn't talk about this. We had no, I would known I didn't know this, this would go in this direction. Sorry. No, no, don't <laughs> be sorry. I think it actually shows that, you know, I'm pro-choice, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's an interesting dynamic that people don't see. And I had this conversation with somebody this, this past week, and they said, Michelle, what, what is the difference between a liberal and a conservative? And I said, for me, I said what I see, and, in, and being here for as long as I have been, when, if you don't agree with a liberal and mm-hmm. if you don't think like them, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Conservative ideology is to say, you be you. Mm-hmm. We will include everyone. We will try to create mm-hmm. the best policy that includes all Canadians yeah. and, and listens to everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's tough, tough, tough topics, very personal, Absolutely. deeply personal topics. Right. Yeah. And so I think I think that's really interesting. And so I think it's, it's still a...
1: Well, it's an interesting spot for me to be in as a young woman. It was actually funny. So when I won the nomination, there was, you know, on all these social media platforms, commentary of, why is she a conservative? She's a social worker. She has children. She's a woman. She's a millennial. Like, she shouldn't be a conservative. And, I mean, conservatism, um, faith, family, freedom, that is... That is the pillars. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what? People practice their faith in how they practice their faith. There's Mm -hmm. no judgment for that. But there's the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Family. um, You know, having the government and institution out of the way so that you can raise your family um, how you need to and how how you want to. I mean, how you raise your family is very much different, I'm going to assume, than Mm -hmm. how I raise my family. But that's... And so it should be. Right. But I mean, when we look at um, the Liberals, I mean, when we look at daycare, for example, um, that doesn't that doesn't work for my family. I have a husband who does shift work. So even if I wasn't elected working long hours all the time, Mm -hmm. um, that's not something that I'd be able to utilize. um, Just even the shift work, working weekends, because that's not that, that doesn't fit the institutionalized nine to five, Monday to Friday daycare. Right? that yeah. this, this government wants, wants, to, wants to push on people. So I mean, being conservative, faith, family, freedom, and being able to do that in a free way.
0: So how have you found the balance between being mom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: being a family woman mm-hmm. that you are, yeah. and this place? Like a lot of people don't know, right? We're here five days a week, mm-hmm. uh, usually and then you have travel time Mm -hmm. like like, tell them how long it takes you to get home sometimes.
1: Yeah so travel I mean with no delays not a direct flight we're looking at 11 hours one way and so I mean once I once I land I then have a two and a half hour drive to get home and that's just part of being a rural Canadian. That's just just how it is Um, but I would take living in rural Saskatchewan over a city any day That's again, just the way that I'm wired. It's just the way that I'm wired. Um, Community's different. uh, Everybody knows everybody. It's just, it's just different. Um, So I think the balance um, doesn't look the same as it would for other families. So there are like, there are just some days that I'm not able to FaceTime. Um, I miss Christmas, I haven't been to a single Christmas concert, Um, but in the same same breath, my kids also kind of don't know any different. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, I, I go home every weekend, so I sacrifice my own sleep (laughs) to be able to do that. Um, there's, there's opportunities too that, um, my family has that maybe other people wouldn't in the sense of, I have the opportunity to be invited and go to all of these small communities in my riding. And sometimes we make it a family event where, um, you know, the kids will come. Uh, we have a, a small community uh, called Macklin, Saskatchewan, and they host the World Championship Bunnock Tournament. Do you know what Bunnock is? I have no idea so, what Bunnock is. <laughs> it's, this, it's this game where um, it, it, it's from back in the day, and it's um, actually originated with um, bones, from ankle bones from horses, and you, you throw to get the other bones down. So some people will call it bones instead of Bunnock and um, like Annabelle has been able to come with me and throw the first bone as well so there's these great experiences and opportunities that that we have even though I might be missing um, a Christmas concert they get to participate in some of these totally niche things right I think the silver
0: lining of this job or this balance I kind of laugh at the word balance I don't really think there is one quite frankly but I think you value your family time more than mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Like family time mm-hmm. to me now, is even more special. Sure. It's yep. like you really value each other, yep. and I think that's a silver lining yep. in it, honestly. And I also think it it encourages independence in in our children too. Like sure. uh, last night, my son phoned me late at night. Mom, I'm going to wash my bedding, and I'm like, Okay, that's great. Like if, if <laughs> but if I had have been there, guess who sure. would have been washing the bedding, right? right Sure. so I mean these skills that the uh, unintended positive consequences I want to I want to ask you this before we before we wrap up and then a couple fun questions social work Mm -hmm. is a really really big piece in my opinion of what we do Mm -hmm. because we're trying to serve Canadians and find that balance between um, you know compassion and fiscal responsibility Mm -hmm. and not making people dependent on the government but supporting those that have to be Right. Dependent on the government. You and I are, are, are looking at a bill right now in Huma, Rosemarie and I sit on Huma, which mm-hmm. is Human Resources. And in your, in your experience of social work, what's the most compassionate thing we can do? Because you're clearly a compassionate person mm. who wants to help people and there's a lot of suffering, like homelessness, addiction, yeah. uh, poverty. We have a lot happening in this country. We need
1: a whole other segment for this. I know,
0: <laughs> I know, um, but it's what you care about. I guess what yeah. I'm trying to get out of this, Rosemary, is that you have the background, the yeah. knowledge, mm-hmm. and you still think conservative, the Conservative Absolutely. Party is the right choice to help the most amount of Canadians.
1: Absolutely. I think, I think in any situation, we have to come at a conversation with empathy and understanding mm-hmm. that I don't know what it's like be you and be through the experiences that you have gone through um, you may have a different upbringing than I have had so I mean those 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 experiences shape the person that Mm -hmm. they are today and so I think being so quick to listen um, and slow to respond uh, is sometimes wise Um, but I think that we also have to be able to be in an environment where we have difficult conversations yes
0: we don't know how to do that anymore because of social media right like society
1: as a whole nobody yeah nobody listens
0: right so even you like it we really don't have and
1: and like I, i use therapy as an example all the time therapy is hard work it's hard work it's and and you need that iron sharpens iron so you know you you might come and tell me something but it's almost my job in a sense to challenge that not in a in an angry way or a Mm -hmm. judgy way, but just challenge the thinking. Okay, well, well, why are why? Right. So I think I think it's important that we have space in society, but also in politics to have difficult conversations, but have empathy as well. Because when we look at some of these controversial issues, I mean, again, my experiences might be different than your experiences. And we both have to have that level playing field when we come to the table to have the conversation. But I think just to say certain things, um, debates over, we're not talking about that. I'm not going to say anything cause that's going to offend somebody. I think that's a scary road to go down because we're not going to be able to actually have intelligent, intelligent, thoughtful conversations that are respectful, that will actually move the needle on issues. So I think it's important to have those conversations yeah. in a respectful way. And, um, just quick to listen right and that goes on both sides
0: it's very good it's really well. right and left
1: right like the political spectrum totally um i mean there's a lot of things and that's one of my frustrations actually in the chamber is how i can make a statement and it get twisted by the other side and it's like that's not what i said at all and you're spinning something at the expense of my reputation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which is just it's just not it's not okay and i don't think canadians like that kind of politics
0: oh they don't right they don't they want more accountability more transparency yeah and trust okay so let's do some fun things um okay what do you do for fun this is a great thing so i, I have this sheet and i've asked other people this is a hilarious question that comes in it's like what books are you reading and everybody's like oh, i can't read a book
1: i'm too busy
0: too busy yeah. reading policy right <laughs> yeah
1: i don't know if i have fun <laughs> for us Marie, you need to have fun i don't know if
0: i have fun I don't know i don't know i saw some pictures of you at disney riding rides with your kids you look pretty fun there that's
1: fun so i guess like family time for sure is like a fun thing and you constantly are showing me baby pictures of your kids (gasps) i don't know i think
0: you're way more fun than you think sure
1: but i'm not like fun adventurous like some people like adam my husband will be like oh let's go fishing and i'm like how about you just take the kids (laughs) (laughs) you go deal with that and do you consider yourself
0: a domesticated like you love like you i remember you showing me Christmas tree decorations? Do you like that
1: kind of stuff? If I had time for it. Sure. If I had time. It's actually funny you say that because I have this conversation with Adam periodically of well if I wasn't here I'd be baking cookies or I'd be using like my piping set for (laughs) for cakes or you know all these things that I would have time for that I just don't have time for. Like I don't even bake birthday cakes because I just... I don't have joy in it like I did previously before all of this. You got too many things on your mind. Does that make sense? That makes a
0: thousand percent sense. I met a girlfriend. She ran a a very large company and she said to me, I don't make cakes. I make money to buy the cakes. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I actually feel that on a a big level. And it's not that you don't love it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just I'd rather spend
1: my time with my family as opposed to perfecting a cake for a birthday that will just be eaten. But I...
0: Totally admire anyone who can make a cake. So let's just put that on the record. Absolutely, or cook a great Um, meal. Do you have a question (laughs) idea? Is that? Were you putting your hand up, Annabelle? For your mom? No. Okay. Um, So, what favorite food? Favorite food.
1: Oh, favorite food. Favorite food. Favorite food. I really okay. Can I give like a like a like a type of food? No, not at all. Yes, of course you can. So um, (laughs) we are pretty involved with the Filipino community in our community and everything they make is delicious. Okay. I'm I'm ready for lunch,
0: so this is actually making me starving. (laughs) Um,
1: And one thing you'd like
0: the people to know about you that you think they don't know?
1: I think that I am a compassionate, empathetic person. And um, I'm not in here, I'm not in politics, um, sacrificing everything my husband and I are sacrificing for self-interest. I truly care about the next generation and I truly care about Canadians that we are able to, you know, have the life and the opportunity that a lot of our grandparents and great-grandparents actually died for mm-hmm. so that we could, so we could have that. If yeah. you
0: were to retire tomorrow, what would be your legacy? What would you want to be your legacy? What would you, what's the one thing you would love to accomplish in politics?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because I've seen so many like little wins. Mm-hmm.
0: You have to celebrate the little wins. Yeah.
1: So I, um, when I was very first elected, uh, there was a government piece of legislation and I was just put on Huma. And it was like a big deal. I put four amendments in and the government took two of my amendments. That's a huge win. Like, I'm just, like, this little new person Mm -hmm. that doesn't even know where the washrooms are, and I was able to... So that, for me, that was a win, right? But I think being able to represent my constituents, um, voice their concerns um, on the floor of the House of Commons, but also in caucus, uh, is imperative for me. And I know that sometimes uh, the opinions of of the people that I represent, or even my own opinions, aren't popular and maybe aren't necessarily liked in the Ottawa bubble, but (laughs) it is imperative that... um, that I say them on their behalf, because it's an immense honour to be elected. I mean, there's only 338 people that have the opportunity in this parliament that we do to be on the floor of the House of Commons and, and say those things on their behalf.
0: It's well said, and I think it's a great way to wrap it up, because I think the diversity of Canada is a very challenging thing to represent when you have um, masses of people in one location. So there's a lot of similar thinking there, but that's not the reality when we look across this country. And so when we make policy and we we have to think about all Canadians and how it impacts everyone, and I think... COVID really showed that, right? Mm -hmm, COVID really showed how we live life so differently. And rural Canada is so different than urban Canada. Um, But there's room for all of us. There's room for all of us. Mm -hmm. This has been great. Rosemarie Falk, not (laughs) Rosemary, not Rosemary, (laughs) Rosemarie Falk. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, I got Annabelle over in the wings here. Do you think you want to do a little interview with me that we could share on Facebook of what it's like to be a child of a politician? Yeah, she's good for it. So we're going to record that and we'll upload it uh, later. Thank you so much for joining me. People before politics, uh, share it, uh, tell your friends, uh, write questions in for any questions you'd like to ask any of the MPs that I'm going to be interviewing. And this this was great. Thanks, Rosemary.
1: Thanks for having me.